0: Greetings, welcome, welcome, and bienvenue. This is Fandom 101. I'm your host, Eric, and welcome back, and welcome to episode two. Sorry, wanted to try and do some suspenseful voice work. Trying to build up, if you will, to this episode, which we're going to be talking about hauntings and ghost hunting. Very, very fascinating subjects, very spooky, and considering it's October, (laughs) it felt like it was the right episode to do. Now you may be asking, why is this a fandom? Why is this on Fandom 101? Well, there are plenty of ghost hunting shows out there and people are learning to ghost hunt, learning techniques, learning places that are haunted, so on and so forth. So, Really, it kind of fits. But, I also want to play a game with you all. With my audience, I'm going to do five stories in my podcast here. In different times. You'll never know when it might just suddenly pop up. Anyway, these five stories... This this game is inspired by a show I used to watch with my grandfather. It's called Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. So, in honor of that show, we're just going to call it Beyond Belief. Now, I'm going to tell you five stories. At the end of the show, I will reveal which of these are true or false. Gather around with your friends, gather around with your family, or whoever you listen to this podcast with. Your goal is to try and get all these right, which are true and which are false. I'm never going to reveal how many are, are true or how many are false, but there is always a mixture. And I'm not going to keep it the same, just to change it up and keep you guessing. So, just play along when ready, and we'll begin the podcast shortly. And we're going to begin with what is a haunting. As promised... Here is the first story, we'll call this one The Girl Next Door. Once ago there was this young man, for namesake let's just call him Carl. Carl was kind of a playboy, and let's face it, he enjoyed that lifestyle, until one day someone came knocking at his door. He had just moved into a neighborhood and didn't know anybody, so he decided to answer it and, lo and behold, it was a stunningly beautiful girl. She introduced herself as the girl who lived right across the street. Her name was Abigail. Abigail and Carl soon became quite close. He had never known a feeling like this before. At every advance of his normal moves, she turned him down. But yet, they still hung out quite often. He began to feel what most could call love for this girl. This was the girl of his dreams. And they had not done anything serious yet. They were just going out, dating. Turns out, she had been hurt in a past relationship and she had some trust issues he promised her that was no problem that he could wait a few nights later he never anticipated how close she would be to his bedroom nor how close she would be hearing his conversation on the phone he was talking to another girl about seeing her at her place She heard everything and left. He lost the girl of his dreams in one foul swoop. He went over to the house that he had seen her enter to apologize, but no one answered. There was a man raking the yard outside and he decided to ask him if if he knew where she lived or what happened where she was. And he said, the old man here has lived alone his, most of his life for the last 20 years. Carl said, that can't be. I know someone lived here. She, her name is Abigail. He then saw her run by the church. And almost vanished as soon as she entered the doorway. He followed quickly. He couldn't find a single sign of her. And he you know he saw her this way. It, this church is literally across the street from him. It dawned on him what she had exactly said. She lived across the street. He looked down and saw one of the tombstones in the cemetery. There was her name. Find out if this story is true or false at the end of the show. Okay, so, here we go. What is a haunting? Well, in general, well, there's all types of hauntings. There's all types of ghosts. There's stuff ranging from specters, spirits, poltergeists, phantoms, apparitions, doppelgangers. Really, there's a number of things that can haunt you. But these are all various subcategories, and the differences can be very, very hard to discern. And sometimes they say they're subcategories of hauntings. Honestly, I see them as three specific categories, and I will dive into that in a second. But a haunting is basically when someone is tormented, or followed, or basically possessed, or just... Tormented is the best word I can come up with by something supernatural and or ghostly or what we would refer to as ghostly you know basically it could be anything a spirit uh it could be a number of things and we can go into more detail with it but let's just keep it at that uh there are various myths legends and speculations and ideas about all these hauntings like what they are actually what they actually are what they entail for the future, like prophecy, or just basic general bad omens. All that kind of stuff. But actually, it doesn't have to even be that complex. For some, it's believed that these spirits have died and they have unfinished business here and they can't move on until that business is done. Some think they're demons in disguise, trying to fool you. Others won't recognize it because they could be demons. And honestly, don't trust what you can't see. You don't really know. Even if you see it, demons are said, and I'm putting air quotes here, said to change form. So it could honestly be a thing like that. It, It really could. We have no idea. For this next story, we'll call it The Mirror. Now remember, your goal is to find out whether it's true or false, to discern the truth of this story. Am I trying to pull the wool over your eyes, or am I casting a reflection of truth? We meet a woman named Nancy. Nancy and her husband lived happily together until a moment when she had lost both her mom and dad almost at exactly at the same time. Very tragic. The experience nearly drove her insane with a near-psychotic breakdown. She's been released from an institution and is at home happy as she can be. But there's one thing troubling her. A mirror in her house keeps casting a horrific figure always behind her she sees a bloody woman with cuts all over her and it's always behind her not her herself it's someone else she doesn't know this person and it keeps terrifying her to no end and she always sees it in the upstairs mirror now she's afraid of her mental health is cracking up again and her husband doesn't know what to do They go to a doctor and he offers to get rid of the mirror. Just throw it out. She's all for it, but the doctors say no. That isn't the problem. The problem has to be overcome by Nancy. So, Nancy has been sleeping downstairs some nights. Her husband is getting fed up with it. He's been as supportive as he can, but he just can't take it anymore. So he wants her to try and try and confront this. One day he's working late and it's storming out. She doesn't want him to get mad and find him or her sleeping downstairs with the lights on. So she decides to brave the storm and brave the mirror and go up. On her way up, she goes to a closet on that floor and grabs a drape. This drape would cover the mirror so she wouldn't have to focus on the figure or any image that it could cast. Luckily, when she went up, she saw nothing. She draped it over, no problem. On her way to her bedroom, a problem emerged. For it seems Nancy was not alone in the house that night. As a long, black leather jacket... Black... Let's just say black leather jacket covered arm. Grabbed around her and with a knife in its hand. She grabbed the arm trying to fight, turning. And in the struggle she grabbed... She grabbed the drape. Sorry, I got a little ahead of myself there. I needed a little drink. She grabbed the drape. And pulled it, not realizing she had pulled the drape off the mirror. During the struggle, they finally turned back around, and she saw in her place the bloody woman that she had been seeing. She looked at her eyes, and she wasn't looking at her. She looked at her attacker in its reflection in the mirror, and he looked up and he could, he looked in shock. He had seen her too. The shot caused him to let go and he fell down the stairs and out the door. The police picked him up not a few blocks away, talking incoherently about a monster in a mirror. They looked at his rap sheet and he had previously escaped police on a, on a rap of on the accusation of killing a woman on another breaking and entering charge. Nancy had seen the paper and looked at the photo. There was the woman in the mirror. But she never saw it in the mirror again. After that night, anyway. So, you have to decide. Is this true or false? Let's talk about some of these myths and ideas and speculations. Now, Christianity teaches a few things. I mean, people will say there's no such thing as ghosts. Yet, some of these people are Christian, and yet we preach about the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, which is part of the Holy Trinity if you think about Catholicism in that way. But in Christianity, there's only one God. One being. So, really, it kind of doesn't work as a trinity, but I can see where they're going with here. But Back onto it. Jesus rose from the dead. And that's a miracle, yes. He rose others from the dead. And and even in... What was it? Leviticus 19.31. It says, Do not seek... Mediums or spiritists, for they will make you unclean. This I, I just gotta say right here. Uh, some people will take it as do not seek spirits, do not, you know, try and talk to them. This is telling you do not talk to people who claim that they have the power to talk to or familiarize themselves with spirits. Personally, this doesn't mean ghost hunters. No, no, ghost hunters don't usually familiarize themselves with spirits. They try using science to discern if a place is haunted and get answers to why it's this and whatnot, if there's any harm. A lot now most people do this as a hobby. I know I do it as a hobby. And it's it's really it answers the question: there is life after death for some of us. There is definitely something after this. I mean, uh, I had my own experience. I'll be glad to share it with you later on in the episode. But these speculations as to what these are, they're numerous and they travel worldwide. I mean, a ghost is a worldwide phenomenon. I'm not just talking about the Patrick Swayze movie. Let's face it. Eh, good film. Moving on. There are ideas that are that these so-called beings or ghosts are people with un, you know, who can't move on. Personally, I think it it could also be a choice they don't want to move on because they're afraid of what happens next. You know, maybe they're afraid they might get stuck in purgatory. Honestly, in Catholicism, they teach purgatory is the place where you wait till Judgment Day. For those who don't know. Honestly, I think, personally, I'm not Catholic, but if we're talking about purgatory, if you're stuck here as a ghost, I think you're in purgatory right now. And to be, and being completely honest here, ghosts and ghost hunting is not all as fun as Disney makes it out to be in the Haunted Mansion. (laughs) Yeah, they don't get to have a party every night, so and, you know, so on and so forth. It's... It could be literally torture. I mean, in the show Supernatural, we learn that if a spirit stays, if someone's spirit stays here, they don't move on. They go a little bit nuts, a little bit violent. They go vengeful, and it drives them nuts. And they literally go crazy till nothing's left of them, except what they what they look like and just this thing that you have to take out. Though there is rumor that salt can stop a spirit moving and Supernatural really goes hard on that. I honestly want to test that some way, but I don't know where I can. And plus you actually need almost a verified haunting and science will not recognize Supernatural under any circumstances it seems. And I'm not talking about the show at this point. I'm talking about, you know, the little category of Supernatural. I mean like anything... Science seems so closed-minded right now that the about the possibility of Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, UFOs, all this. And yet, the last time science was like this, it just we Actually, I don't think so. no, no wait. Last time humanity was like this, it was medieval times. Everything that had been discovered or worth discovering has been discovered. And that you can see where the Dark Ages led us. So it's time to try and see what is out there. Anyway. We got three basic types of hauntings that I'm going to talk to you about here. There are some subcategories here, and some spirits fit into those specifically. It's like that category was meant for them. But there not always not always a poltergeist can be somewhat intelligent we've I've heard instances of it but since it only shows up around certain conditions and certain people some people call it a residual so uh, uh, let me explain let me explain first the three basic types of hauntings I'm going to talk to you about are called residual intelligent and demonic now these three categories, I'm going to go into detail on. A residual haunting is, in its basic form, a memory, if you will. Uh, you will you will see an apparition, or you'll see something happen at this time, at on this day, during this time of year, etc., etc. It, it's like I said, it's a memory. At best, uh, the the spirit that you're seeing doesn't even know it's dead. It's living out. Um, something from its past. It could be its last day. It could have been a number of things, and it might not even be a spirit. It could just be a fragment of um, of energy. It, it we don't know. But this is what is known as a residual haunting, and yes, they can creep many people out. But they're not. They don't interact with people. They just move about. Sometimes they will move an object. But it's not intelligent, it's more like this was in its way and it has some mass and you know, they just, it collides. Now, there's, the difference between that and an intelligent haunting is that when you go for, Ghost Hunters can show you that when they're dealing with a residual, they will never get an answer. They'll ask specific questions they will have an apparition right there or they know something's happening it's active right now but never get an answer on the other hand an intelligent haunting will interact with you they could be mischievous you know they'll pull pranks pull hair push shove it, they'll do these things that's an intelligent haunting it interacts with you it knows it's dead it's or it, you know they it knows what it is I refer to it because spirits can be different things. As I said in the previous section, that we don't know what they really are. They could be demons. They could not. They might actually be spirits of past loved ones. They could just already been here. Who knows? But an intelligent haunting can interact with you. It can talk to you. I've got some awesome recordings. I could probably do that in a later episode. You know, I can talk about more of my experiences... When I've been ghost hunting with my team. Uh, And then here comes... But when... An intelligent haunting... Becomes violent. And I mean more so than... Just a regular push or shove or... But literally goes out of its way to terrorize... To make you feel alone to get you all by itself, to get you by yourself. This is the demonic haunting. Now, demonic haunting does not mean that it's a demon. It just means that it's a malicious spirit. Literally, these are bad, bad spirits. Alright, uh, uh, let's see. I guess types of a demonic haunting would be... A dybbuk, which in Jewish culture is a evil spirit or really a demon. Uh, there's various demonic hauntings that are reported. And these are supposedly actual demons. And in uh, demonology, it's referred to when Lucifer rebelled from heaven. He had a choir of angels. There were, uh, I think it was nine choirs of angels... All right, the ninth choir that sided with him was expelled out with him. And by the way, by the way, most people get this confused. He did not get expelled to hell. It never said that in the Bible. I've, I looked this up. I, I took the liberty to look this up. He was ex- he was cast out of heaven and onto the earth. Him and his followers. So they are on this. If if you believe this, which I I'm a Christian, I believe this. I, I'm not saying that you all need to. You believe what you want to believe that's your choice that's your that's your right, but I believe wholeheartedly that they are on planet earth they are they are here and they and God and the angels gave us the tools to send them to hell. those are what we know as exorcisms and you know all these rites and rituals that's that's what it does. Whether something works or not, that remains to be seen. Okay, so, getting back on topic to the demonic haunting. and it, Like I said, it doesn't have to be a demon. I've heard of a report, now, these are just reports. I don't know how true they are, I'm not there. Again, I will get into this later, but some of these should be take, taken with a grain of salt. Pardon the pun. I know I made the salt comment earlier. It's just, it's a, it's a form of it's a form of expression, okay? Or it's a common expression. You basically take these at face value for some of these reports until there is concrete evidence. And I say evidence as do do treat this with some science. Do go with scientific theory on this. You know, it's better to be a skeptic going into these. You know. Going into these events than it is to be a wholehearted believer. Anytime someone tells me about a story, it's like, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder. You know, my scientific mind immediately goes to why is this happening? Not is this place haunted? It's why. I'm going to go through possible reasons why this could happen before I say, Oh my gosh, it's a haunting. Oh my gosh, you're being haunted. Oh my gosh, it's a ghost. You know, it's it's not that. No, you, you know, you're better off going with skepticism first. But going to the demonics, um, these don't have to be... Oh, like I was saying, this demonic report. These don't have to be demons. They can just be horrible people in life. Uh, this one story I heard, um, somewhere in Savannah, Georgia, there was this house that a drug addict... Had overdosed and she passed. And, um, if I remember the details right now, these three sorority girls were there. And I know it sounds like a bad movie, right? There it was the sorority girls, but they were roommates at college and it's just a house they lived in, rented, or whatever. They were tormented by this spirit, and one of their fathers came to stay. And while he was taking a shower in the house, writing appeared on the mirror It said, They are mine. It's a controlling spirit. It, 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 that's all it was. I mean, who's to say that this spirit was actually the drug addict that died? But it could have been. It really could have been. And for all we know, it was just an evil person, but I, you know, I didn't know this person, I never heard anything about him, they never said anything about it in the, in there, but what they showed was a possibility that this, an apparition of that drug, you know, addict showing up, so honestly, they made it implied that this form, if it was a demon, it was taking form of its last victim, and we, I've heard reports where they do this. Uh, I've heard reports of Egyptian gods, you know, possessing people. Sobek, mainly. Uh, for those who don't know, Sobek is the Egyptian god, and he's a very aggressive one. He's the one with the crocodile head. I forget what he's supposed to be the Egyptian god of, but I know that those who worshipped, worshipped him worship He was... He was... a. One they used for protection in the afterlife, I think. But uh, honestly, my my memory's fuzzy on Egyptology at the moment. But I remember this report that uh, it was tied to a mummy and it targeted a kid because he, it viewed him as a threat. Don't know why it viewed a kid as a threat, but it tormented him for years, possessed him, and they cast it out with a Chris, with Christianity. And an exorcism from Christianity, and that proves that even that works on the Egyptian gods. But it made me wonder: what if the the old gods were not, you know, gods? What if they were these fallen angels? What if they were actual angels? What if, you know, there's there's a lot of what ifs in this scenario. And I could almost- That gives us potential, intelligent, and demonic. Now there are different types of ghosts. And as I said, demons are somewhere in between or further than a ghost. But we're not we're not gonna be focusing them on them too much. Let's uh Sorry. Just gotta read my talking point for a second. And grab a drink. Alright, so, around the world, we have different types of ghosts. So, we've got your specters, your spirits, your poltergeist, your phantoms, your apparitions, doppelgangers. The the list literally does go on, but I'm just going to keep it at that generic list for right now. Uh... Difference between a specter and anything else, I think specters might be a little bit more solemn. Hence, you know, there it, it sounds like they're, you know, just like rather than the kind, you know, that's just in, in general. Uh, spirits can be a number of things. They don't even have to be human in, per se. I mean, in Asian folklore, some spirits were not even human to begin with. They just have a human form. So, literally, it's by definition of different cultures, too. So, poltergeists are... You now, their, their little definition is known as noisy spirit or noisy ghost. Or, and they do cause a ruckus. More or less, these are tied to teenagers with emotional angst. And it's just... It's one of those things. It, it really is. And these are hardest to prove because they're usually tied to a specific person and they only show up with that specific energy with that person. And I will I did a little more research into it. Apparently the most reports are from t- you know preteen or teenage girls. They're the ones who get the most poltergeist activity. So I don't know, maybe they got a kick. I, I, I honestly don't know. I, it's just it's just one of those things. Now a phantom Ooh, maybe it was fan. No, a phantom can be a number of things too. Uh, it could be more solemn, like a specter, I suppose. Or maybe a specter is more vengeful. Honestly, it could be a number of things. They're really, they really didn't define these well, where I looked it up. And then you got your apparitions. These are basically what you see in front of you. These are just. Holy crap! I just saw a ghost. It's those moments. An apparition is something full body. Something. It's almost like vapor. It's you know. It's almost you can reach out and touch it. You're physically seeing it or experiencing it. And I I have seen a few things. Uh, I don't know how many. I'm going to talk about a few uh, places later around Kentucky where I, I live in the state of Kentucky. And in the United States here, we've got a number of haunted places. But one place I've been to is like a mecca for ghost hunters around the U.S. And I've heard even some around the world. It's called Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I've been there and I have seen some crap, guys and girls. I have seen some crap that will turn your hair white. Not kidding. It's just... Oh, I've seen shadows, seen shadow people. Heard crawling on the walls, on the ceiling, something with like sharp nails or whatever. Got a lot of EVPs and I would love to share that with you in the following, in the following episode. Just, uh, I don't think I have enough time to do that in this episode and I've actually seen an apparition myself. Um, I'll tell you this story now. Um, This is my experience. Many of us know that museums carry beautiful antiques. All from around the world, mind you, so. But some are more macabre, more creepy than anything else. For instance, you might walk along into an Egyptian room and among the beautiful statues, you will find a mummy. While yes, it's history, but you're still looking at a person's remains that are mummified. This story tells one such mummy, a story that is beyond belief, you would say. Long ago, a museum curator was authenticating a mummy. The process takes a lot of time, mind you. Because it has to be painstakingly authenticated. Otherwise, you spend a lot of money on a fake. And museums don't really like to do that, as we all know. A salesman is just arrived with a sarcophagus of a Egyptian princess long since mummified. Apparently 300 years before Christ. Obviously this would be a great attraction for the museum if they can prove it's true. Everything seemed authentic. They still had a little bit more work and it would take a week to do, but in time the museum took possession of the mummy. But then things began to get weird in the museum. A cleaning woman was sta- was working late in the night, cleaning the floors, when she noticed a beautiful young woman. She was going to speak to her, say, I'm sorry, the museum's closed, but when she noticed that she was floating, Something wasn't right. This girl looked at her, and she looked so sad. This actually terrified her. She couldn't come up with any words. I mean, oh my gosh, what am I seeing in front of me? She told the curator about it, and he said, it's gotta be the cleaning fumes, or you've been working too hard. Honestly, there's no way this could be true. And she sweared on her children that what she saw is what she saw, and she will not work there until it's found out you know until it's been dealt with lo and behold she wasn't the only one who saw it the next night a security guard who had been there for over 20 years saw it and swore up and down about the same ghostly figure of a beautiful woman The museum curator had to start doubting, it's like two people who had worked here for years, not one report like this, and now all of a sudden it's this. The next night he was working late. He looked up from his desk, and there was the woman that they had both reported. Every detail about her, from her red hair to her flowing dress. And floating. He couldn't believe it. He was in shock. But he had to make contact. He had to ask. Who are you? She didn't answer. She turned and floated out the door and down the hall. He followed. He kept trying to make contact. Why are you here? Why are you here? He kept asking. But all, she couldn't say a word. She turned before entering the mummy's room and lifted her hair back, showing a deep gash, a deep cut in her head. It's like he wondered if this is how she died. But Wiley to the mummy room. She walked in and pointed to the sarcophagus. He was afraid now. He... Dare not inch, inch closer, but he must. He must find out. As he braved himself closer and closer, he couldn't believe what he saw in the case. The mummy was in there, all right. But the head had been unwrapped. It was no, not a mummified corpse, but it was the figure of the woman. It was the woman herself. Police then arrested. The man who sold the sarcophagus to them. He had met this woman in a cafe and apparently killed her by striking her with a head striking her in the head with an object, a blunt object. No one ever found out what. There's only one thing the police really couldn't find out from him what happened to the real body of the Egyptian princess. Is the story true, or is this just a plain fable? Find out at the end of the show. So this is going a few years back, and just gotta say. Um, my cousins invited me along on their trip to Waverly Hills uh, with a group uh, and by the way folks if you're planning to go to Waverly Hills uh, you have to you know, have permission to go up there the owners, they take good care of it you can't just go up there uh, you, time, time was you used to be able to do that but that is no longer the case you will be escorted off the property if you are up there without permission so keep that in mind before you break the law just remember, you were forewarned. So anyway, we had permission to be up there. Uh, they invited me along and I gotta say it was on the grounds, you know, knowing the rumors about this place, it, it didn't bother me because I was going into it um just you know, skeptical. So uh walking on the grounds it was just like wow there's this there's all this here in this town just like we were we were on a big hill and it's just amazing the architecture of the building just i was i was a big history buff i i still am a little bit and just the architecture of the building and thinking of you know while it is in disrepair think about the history that took place here you know white plague happened in this place white plague for those who don't know is tuberculosis uh, TB for those who don't know and uh, it if you see a movie where someone's coughing up blood usually usually that is tuberculosis in a nutshell some way uh, it's also known as consumption it, it, it's it's a very complex disease and wave of the hills was a center for actually keeping most of those infected in Louisville Kentucky away oh you know from the main populace who didn't have it it was meant to be self-sustaining, you know, they were meant to be their own little community, you know, they, they really didn't need contact with the outside world. But so many people died there that literally what you, was meant to be for suppli- a tunnel that was meant for supplies and laundry and all that was used to cart dead bodies out and now that is forever known as the death tunnel or the body chute. Now, that's a little bit of history about the place that we're at. And, but, on the outside of it, it's just, wow. It was a, it was a cool, I want to say, between spring and summer. I can't remember the exact date of the fir- my first trip there. But it was actually a comfortable day, and I really don't like being outside, guys. I, I don't know why, I just, you know, it, it gets too hot for there. I, I sweat excessively. Probably TMI right there, but ju- just so you know how it is. It was, it was calm, it was cool, and it's just... You know, I am awestruck that I'm even there. And it's just like, holy crap. We walk into the place and immediately the mood changed. The hairs on my arms started standing up. I felt ten times heavier. It's like I get this knot in my stomach. It's like someone just put their fist there and just kept pr- putting pressure... At best, you know, you, you you could just feel it. The minute you cross the threshold, the door, you know, you just walk into that building, it all changed. It went from, you know, being the calm and cool outside to being, Oh crap, this is real, we're in some serious crap now. But anyway, th- that was my first year there. And I saw some lights, I saw some, saw some shadows. You know, it, it made me want to go and I, I wanted to see an apparition. So I, let's go until I see that. The next year, I asked my cousins if I could bring my own team along. They said, sure. You know, we're trying to keep the group small, which honestly we do. It, you'll get better stuff there. Public tours are fine and all, but too many people, not a lot of stuff's going to happen. So your best bet is going with a small group and all that, so I understood, I understood. So I only invited three friends, and uh, we went on our own. Along the way we decided we're going to the, I believe we were on the fourth floor, we were headed towards the operating room. And along the way, uh, let, let me paint you a picture, there are two guys, one of them is me, Two girls in our group and we, we're walking with our guide because sometimes the guides can stir stuff up. They they work there, so they know what's usually active and they they can stir a lot of things up. So we're walking down. Uh and Waverly's got this kind of curved formation where there's the balcony rooms where the well patients were they had a chance to beat tuberculosis they got the fresh air and then the back rooms where they didn't have as much of a chance and in between there's a hallway we're walking down the hallway towards the operating room the girls are the guides up in front showing us the way are the girls are in the middle and then it's me and the other guy in the back and I'm looking in the sick patient rooms while he gets the balcony Don't know how I drew that straw. It just happened. So I got my light on. And we're walking down. Now, I cannot tell you what time it was. All that it was, it was dark. Uh, It could have been easily 12 midnight when this happened. I I honestly don't recall the time. But. In one of the rooms. I shine my light. And I know I saw something. I saw what looked like a woman staring out a window. Now, in all honesty, this probably took just a, maybe three seconds. Because my team did not get very far without me. By the time I noticed that they weren't seeing what I saw. But in all honesty, this felt like 15 minutes. This experience you're about to hear right now felt like 15 minutes had gone by. Well, actually it was probably more like five seconds. So, we were walking down this hallway and I shine my light in one of the rooms. I'm looking and I see this apparition not ten feet away from me, in the center of the room, looking out a window. From what I remember, and I want I wanna point this out right here, I'm gonna pause the story for just a second. The re Have you ever wondered why the police try and to a witness as fast as possible well it's because your memory is not a photograph there there really isn't such a thing as a photographic memory there are just techniques that help you better memorize information but even that is not perfect for you see your brain as powerful as it is will change things to make it believable for you So, while I remember certain parts of this story, and while I remember these things happening, it is not exact. So, details have been added to fill in gaps. There are certain things I do remember. Like the color of this apparition's eyes. And some details about its gender. If if there is such a thing in gender, ghosts, I, I suppose. But... I do remember certain details, other things I'm pretty sure my memory is added, but I will never forget this as long as I live. So she's about 10 feet away from me. And this is part of the thing I think my memory was adding, I didn't really notice it at the time, but I was pretty sure she was not touching the ground, kind of floating there. And this I remember. While my light hits the wall, there is no shadow. She's not casting a shadow. The light is hitting her, and it's going to the wall. But there's no shadow being made. She notices the light, and she's turning slowly to the right, and spots me. She vanishes for a split second. And then all of a sudden she's right in my face I'm looking her eye to eye and her eyes are like snow white literally no pupils no iris nothing just blank white eyes and I can tell you she had hair She had a hat on, but I cannot tell you whether that hair was curled, what color it was anymore, than I can tell you what color shirt I had on at the time. And then the next second, literally, she's gone. Just in like, the minute I saw her, she noticed me. You know, she she turned around, she noticed me. Disappeared. Reappeared right in front of my face, and then gone. And my heart was beating that entire time. It's like I was so you know I was so nervous of seeing that again. That honestly, they you know they were like Eric, you gotta calm down. Like, I can't calm down. You didn't see what I saw. It's like oh, it 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 terrified me so much. I I thought for an entire year before I went back. That maybe it was my imagination. I had wanted to see an apparition. Maybe my mind gave me that. So, the next year we go back, and one of my one of my crew did not was not able to make it with us. So it was just me, the other guy, and his girlfriend at the time. Who I will say is is now their wife. They have a kid now, and congratulations to them if they listen to this. Uh, really happy for you guys. Hope to see you next year at Waverly. (laughs) Anyway. So, he's scrolling through some photos and he notices one and goes, Oh, cool. I go, what? I get to see it for a split second. And I said, wait, 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 go back. What caught my attention was the shadow. It's a photo of a shadow figure. For those who don't know, uh, sometimes when taking a photo, ghosts don't always show up. It adds to to the skepticism that maybe it's a fake. But honestly when it's taken at Waverly you're pretty sure that it's not. But it adds to the argument that for those who don't believe that this is all fake. But what I'm seeing is something that I saw the year prior. It's in shadow form meaning I don't see any not going to lie, that silhouette, it... it shook me. And while walking on the fourth floor, uh, I didn't exactly know where we were, but by that year I had gotten, you know, my lay of the land pretty well on there. And I was pretty certain that... well, you see, there's a rumor. Let me tell you this. uh, The owners of that, you know that showed us the photo. They said they call that entity the nurse. I had just been calling it the Lady in Grey in that, that time because it didn't even hit me to where we were even at the year that I saw her. But let me tell you the story before I tell you where we were. Uh, or where I'm certain that we were. Long ago when Waverly was a TB hospital, um, a nurse was found... The rumor has it she was either in the restroom there or outside of it she was hung on the fifth floor by the neck uh, rumor has it she had been having an affair with, an ado- with a doctor and became pregnant which at the time this it was before 1960 so even before even at around then it wasn't exactly uh socially acceptable or uh looked well upon to have a, you know, to have a child and while you were unmarried. And rumor has it she also contracted TB. So, uh, really not even sure. There were, there is also skepticism about her death being a suicide. So, honestly, uh, we'll never really know. But I believe this apparition, she said... To be haunting around uh, room 502. And. Uh, room 502 is notorious. Uh, we di- we've we done experiments in it. Uh, we haven't really found anything. Other than one instance where. We had one girl in our group. And there were three guys. That we were doing this experiment with. I was being one of them. The girl would stand in the middle of the room. And the guys would try to enter. Uh, We all tried, and immediately we got a sense that we shouldn't. Literally, we got, you know, I felt like there was a, like someone punched me in my gut, but didn't really punch me. It's just like a a feeling right in my gut said, back off, back off, back off. Everyone else said they were starting to get headaches when they tried, or just it was a number of things really and it's like whoa that kind of matches up to one of the legends so moving on uh so she's supposedly around room 502 there are there's the fifth floor isn't actually oh speaking of which i should say that it's on the fifth floor 502 is and um we were on the fourth floor that year I saw this apparition of the nurse. And it didn't hit me until right then when they said that they called at the nurse. That it's like, we were not far from room 502 at that point. It's like we were headed down towards the operating room and it's like, holy crap. And it's, and it basically, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I think that's when my detail added, or my brain added the detail <laughs> That she may have been floating off the ground it's like because she was hung or she was found hanging so maybe that explains it I I, I don't know so um, yeah it, it, it just that experience alone said like okay I need to document this so I know I'm not crazy I've been every year I've caught EVP evidence I've caught nothing on film yet I've only caught a few pictures of orbs which people could easily explain away as bugs even though I explain the instances that lead up to it it just they will always think it's bugs because bugs do have that and I'll get into why they'll think this and why I'm saying it but it's just something to go into all right now we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about the rules of a haunting. What can be haunted? Okay, so going, I like to back up a little bit before I move on to the rules of a haunting, and what, and what can be haunted, and backing up and saying that. Sorry, I've got a little uh, co-star right now. We got one of my puppies. Anyway, so, I like to talk about the types of ghosts and what's the difference between a ghost and a spirit. From what I have read and my research, I've come to the conclusion that spirits are can be people who died at the right time. Meaning that everyone was supposed to die at a certain age or of natural causes. So really they're stuck here for unfinished business perhaps. Or just because they were afraid to move on. But they died at their natural appointed time. Whoever decides that, uh, whether it be God or uh, some other outside force, you be the judge. Then... We've got the ghost, which I think died at, you know, before they're supposed to, meaning they were killed by unnatural causes or literally they died from unnatural causes or were killed. So it could be vengeful, unfinished business, just, just a number of causes. These are just my theories, mind you. So whether I'm right or not is, it remains to be seen. Okay, moving on to the rules of a haunting. You've got the rules of a haunting basically follow the same rules as a noun. And whatever can be haunted, it can be a person, place, or thing. Allow me to illustrate. <laughs> Wait, I can't illustrate, you're you're hearing me not not being able to see me, so. Sorry, I may have misspoke there. Okay, a person can be haunted. This is basically the possessed person. It happens when a spirit or ghost forms an attachment. Whenever an entity... Oh, that should be another name I forgot to call them. Entity. Because you don't always know what you're dealing with. Actually, you never know what you're dealing with because, well... Demons tend to lie and say they're ghosts. So, honestly, it could be a number of things. So, these are people who can be followed... Alright, by a spirit, and no matter where you go in the world, no matter how many times you move, they'll always find you. They will always, always find you, and you'll, you'll be stuck with them until you exercise them. And if you don't exercise them right, they will be back, and more than likely, they'll be a little bit mad. Or not a little bit, they'll be a lot mad, so, pardon, Doggo is moving. You okay there? Okay, good, all comfy? Okay, the next stop on our uh, tour of hauntings is a haunted place. Now I, years, years, years ago, uh, I attended a convention where a speaker about demonic hauntings was, uh, a lecture for demonic hauntings was taking place and it was interesting. It was conducted by a former member of TAPS, the Atlantic Paranormal Society. Most of my listeners may know them from the show Ghost Hunters, uh, which aired on Sci-Fi for so many years. Uh, I'm not sure if any of you remember Brian, uh, basically famous for the saying, Dude, run! Uh, he was the one giving the lecture, and during it he mentioned that he gave... that he, He took a few recruits. He took some people who were still getting used to training ghost hunting. Who were getting used to it. He had a spot that actually had a demonic haunting. And he would go to this house. Or wherever. With them. And train them. And sometimes they wouldn't even bother scaring him. Because he showed up so much. It's like. He even said like. What am I not worth scaring? Once. But. uh, He said in that year that they've the house has been gone for some years but anytime he drove by there he still felt that that it was there whatever, you know, was in the house which means that that demonic entity was not attached to anything in the house it wasn't attached to any person it was attached to the grounds meaning no matter what is built there now that demon will still be around until it's exorcised and not exercise as in oh yeah I'm gonna take a jogging man, exorcised. You're getting rid of it. You're literally casting it out. And then finally, that brings us to a haunted object. Things. Haunted objects can be a number of things. Literally anything, from the simplest bracelet made of fabric, but that was held by a young child during the Holocaust to a ventriloquist dummy not kidding I've seen a video of that thing it was moving and doing things all all its own thing is it's in a glass case and we can see the contraption we can see the stick the dummy's head is moving like someone's pulling the strings but there's no one there to pull the strings it's the glass case is closed It's just nuts. Whatever it's trying to say, I don't know. But I honestly want someone just to put an audio recorder in there to find out. Alright, these are the things that uh, someone had an attachment to in life, and now their spirit's connected to it. It's It's one of those things. Some cultures even believe that when you give a gift, you're giving a part of your spirit. To, so, to the person you're giving the gift to. Honestly, I kind of like the idea. That means a piece of them will always be with you. But in, other, in terms of this, it also means that they could also possibly haunt you. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of a catch-22 there. Okay, so that is what the rules of a haunting and what can be haunted. now we come to another tale. Time to see if you can discern the truth from fiction. A young girl named Kimberly was much of a daredevil. She loved doing any type of daredevil-ish pranks. And she also liked making a bit of money. She'd often pull pranks on people just for a dollar bill. She'd even go into haunted houses or extreme roller coasters as long as the bet was right. One night she's out hanging with friends and they're walking home. They pass a cemetery and one of her friends, Frank, mentions a legend about the cemetery that somewhere in there is a serial killer. His name is on a tombstone. For other reasons, I will not mention the name, just so no one tries to recreate this. So, she decides to see if any of them are brave enough. Out of the five people there other than her, she asks, Is anyone brave enough to go and try this? If he won't let you leave his gravestone, how will we know that you've done it? Frank holds out a pocket knife. He says, Whoever goes gets to stab this knife in his grave to prove that you were there. We'll be back tomorrow to check on it. They all look around, no one's taking the bait. One girl says, why don't you go, Kimberly? Kimberly thinks about it. How much you got? She asks. They all pull their money together, and with $100 among them, she goes, okay. If I can do this, I get the $100. Frank gives her the details and hands her the knife. Says, go straight into the cemetery. It should be straight beyond those gates. She climbs over the gates and waves goodbye. Saying, I'll see you guys in a few minutes. She has her phone on her so she can call in case there's any trouble. And they all just sit around waiting. She makes it a walk and it is creepy at night. The cemetery looks all the same. So dark and so gloomy, with all similar headstones, it could be easy to get lost in here. So she remembered what Frank said, just go straight. She walked and walked, and there along she came to a tombstone with the name that she was told on. She waited around a few minutes, but she heard something in the gust of wind. (sighs) Now. She was so sure it was one of the guys pulling a prank on her. She was just, you know, just kind of hanging out there. You know, I'm only warning you once. Leave now. It says again. She's not sure if it's the wind or if it's someone else. She's starting to panic. She calls on the phone and it's like one of the girls picks up. Hello? Like, is Frank there? Yeah, he's right here next to me. Well, I'll tell him I'm planting the knife now. So she plants the knife down the ground. She kneels down to make sure it's digging there really good. Even stabs it more for good measure. You will never leave. The voice is now right in her ear. It's terrifying as she tries to claw up, but she's not getting moved. She yells for help. She cries, but no one can hear her. A few hours later, the police come because her friends had not heard from her. They find her at the grave site, and she's dead. Police see the look on her face, and they swear she died of fright. One corner asks, why couldn't she get up? Police said she couldn't. She had stabbed herself. Not stabbed, sorry. She had pinned herself to the grave site, because one of the stabs with the knife had pinned her jacket, and she had been too afraid to notice. The question is, Is it true? Or false? And now we come to the final story in our little game. Are you ready to discern whether this is true or false? If you do, your skills might be, might just be, beyond belief. Picture a hundred years or so ago. I'm actually making a couple hundred years. Long before the dawn of the cell phone long before the dawn of passenger airplanes. At this day and age, the best way to travel in passengers would be either boat or train. We meet an actor in New York who's leaving a production of Hamlet. He just got done with the performance and is now on his way to the train station to go to Pittsburgh to visit his sister. Along the way, he smells the rain and puts up his umbrella as it begins downpouring as he reaches the train station. Along the crowded train station, he notices out of all the people, a young man, a college student more likely, no older than maybe 18, maybe 20. He thinks nothing of it at the time. But as the train is beginning to leave, as it is fully boarded, the crowd is shoving, antsy to try and people are trying to get on while it's still right there at the station. The engineer's already called all aboard and it's full. During the commotion, he loses sight of the kid, but regains it just as he sees the kid falling onto the track. The man, the actor races to the front, trying to get the engineer's attention, but it's too late. The train is already in motion. So with all his might, he reaches down and pulls the young man back up off the track and back onto the platform as the train rushes by. In shock a little bit of both what they had just experienced, it took them a few minutes to gather their composure. For those who don't know, that means to get... Back to a normal state of, com- of calm and ease. When they finally reach that state, they begin to introduce themselves. Turns out the actor is a brother of another actor who is about to be very famous. And the college student is the son of a well-known American politician. In a three week in three weeks time, the actor's brother will actually kill the boy's father. Very tragic. The actor is Edwin Booth, brother the older brother of John Wilkes Booth, and the college student, Robert Lincoln, son of President Abraham Lincoln. Now you have to decide. Did I just spin a great yarn? Or is this in fact hiding behind fiction? Now we come to the fourth section of our call, dealing with science. It's important to remember that. While you're dealing with the supernatural stuff here, science is the ma- majority of... Uh, how can I phrase this better? The scientific community will not recognize this evidence unless it is done in a scientific way. At least. And at best, there will always be skepticism about ghosts and goblins and... Etc. Etc. But the stuff that goes bump in the night, whether you bump it back or not, I I don't know. But just saying, you have to conduct this like an experiment. Will you have control conditions? No. Will there be a placebo group? Sure. Why not? Send the people in who think it's a hotel or think it's a, a tropical vacation resort. I don't know. Let's see how long it takes till they find out what they're where they're actually at. But in all honesty, this it, running it and staying calm, tre- coming in as a skeptic—these are all traits that scientists would probably use to prove or disprove a haunting. And that's what I do when I go ghost hunting. That's what a lot of ghost hunters actually do, unless you watch Ghost Event adventures then it's like it's like oh my gosh it's so haunted oh my gosh there's a ghost every episode it's like no not always there's not always a ghost I believe ghost hunters more because they had a in their contract with sci fi sci-fi was not allowed to really interfere as opposed to destination or not destination <laughs> alright that's a different show on cryptids as opposed to ghost adventures which Discovery and Travel Channel, which is a Discovery, you know, network. One of the one of their former cast members said that they've stopped and had to refilm things when things weren't as exciting. He's no longer on the show; they fired him. But he basically admitted that the show is mostly fake. Sorry for those of you who are a fan. I was a little disappointed too. They had some interesting episodes. Really kind of bummed me out. I actually kind of liked a few of them anyway there's this there's this term in ghost hunting that's called debunking and in in its plainest form what is it and why is it so important? This is the method of eliminating possible causes actual causes not not supernatural. These would actually, you know, don't always jump to the supernatural first. It's like, okay, um, I have this EMF meter. I have this equipment, electromagnetic field, you know, meter. And it's going off like crazy. Am I near any power lines? Am I near something that would be radiating this? If the answer is no, then it's possible, possible that's a spirit. Otherwise, you're cari- It could be the fact that you're carrying a lot of electronics. I think that happened to me one year. Pretty... You know, it, it kind of... Just use basic knowledge of logic, is what I'm saying here. And uh, when, when you feel a cold spot, find where it's coming from. Is it, be- is it because you have a draft in your house? Do you feel a little bit of air coming with it? Or is it just a cold spot that's there? And you're not feeling any air. It's like, why is this lingering here? And all of a sudden it vanishes. The, these are events that you have, you that know, you question, you show. Like uh, on Ghost Hunters, when they saw a shadow person, they tried to find out what it was. They, they go back and they look at causes. They look around, they experiment, they try and recreate. Oh, and one of the... One of the shows I liked, Fact or Faked, Paranormal Files, they actively saw videos on the internet, they chose which ones to go after, you know, to look at, and they try to recreate them to their best to see if it's a fake or if it's fact. Now, if they couldn't recreate it accurately, it left it open to the possibility, but a lot of these things they were able to recreate and it looked fantastic. So, I, I have to give it up to them, you know, they did great. So, just remember, always come in, I, I honestly think, you know, when I see, hear something, it's like, okay, what was that, is there another team nearby, or when I'm online, you know, it's just, sometimes you have to go with your guts. Sometimes you'll think the later gets, and the more creeped out you go, you get, you will instantly jump to supernatural rather than staying with your logical brain. So I'm going to give you this advice: No matter where you're at hunting, if you are a ghost, hun- if you are ghost hunting, or even if this is just at home, stay calm. It's the best advice. Take five deep breaths close your eyes and take five deep breaths and you will be a little bit calmer follow me now (sighs) out and that's in through the nose and out your mouth do that five times exactly how long I did it trust me you get pretty calm And this is and this is key: a comp- clearness of thought before rashness of action. For those who don't know, that is a Transformers quote from Shockwave, or sorry, clarity of thought before rashness of action. And th- this is true here because you got, you've got to keep your mind focused. You have to you can't be panicking. If you're panicking, you open yourself up to possession and attachments and then it's a never ending nightmare so remember just stay calm and carry on for those who don't know yes that is a supernatural reference (laughs) and uh, I just wanted to see how many of you got it quick quick pull who raised their hands and got it (laughs) Who just raised their hands to an audio recording? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, anyway, so just remember. And, and There's a lot of. I, I'm gonna. I was gonna say, just remember, stay calm, but trust your scientific equipment too, and make sure it's not anything. I mean, I use a thermal imaging camera. This tells me where there's cold spots, hot spots, anything else. Sometimes a spot you see that's extremely warm isn't anything but a camera Yes, I real, I found that out a while back Thought uh, like hey look under look above him. There's something like right above him I mean stop look up and we were trying to see It's like there's nothing in front of me It's like turns out he was a few feet away from a camera that was a little bit closer in between us that was higher I was for sure something was on that thermal, and it didn't look like a camera at the time, but when we get up close, it's like, oh, man, it's a camera, and it's running pretty hot. See, this is why you test and retest. This is the key to science. Test and retest. One result is never good enough. Any good scientist knows that you need at least two out of three times, and that's just a start. And that's my whole bit on scientific... ...on scientific ghost hunting. And now, as I promised... ...I'm going to mention a few places... ...in Kentucky... ...and the world... ...of some of the most haunted places... ...on record. And when I say on record... ...I mean these are documented accounts... And there are several. I actually have a few books with me just to clarify right here. And the one I'm going to tell you guys what book, who it's by, and you know, what pages to look on, whatnot, etc. First up is Ghost Hunting Kentucky by Patty Starr, part of America's Haunted Road Trip. There are several different books on this. And several different locations, most like uh, Ghost Hunting Colorado, Ghost Hunting Illinois, etc., etc. Now, one of these, there are different sections, different chapters. In Central Kentucky, you got Bobby Mackey's Music World of Wilder Campbell County on page two and that's our first pick right there and buffalo trace distillery in frankfort in franklin county kentucky that's on page 21 in here and for those of you who aren't familiar with one of the let's see what is it one of the seven wonders of the world we've got mammoth cave national park mammoth cave and mammoth cave is actually just where it's at uh and Edmondson County page 78 I've been there many many years I've even been there in the dark sometimes on the tour they will actually turn out the lights to show you what it's like when no one's there it's dark lots and lots of dark it's honestly you can honestly see why some of the creatures in there don't use their eyesight and why they've evolved to have no eyes and these are all amazing accounts. The book tells you a lot about, you know, the writer's experience there. But what we're going to turn to is in the, let's see here. Yeah, it's still in cent- it's considered central Kentucky, but let's face it, we're a little bit north in here. But this is Waverly Hills Sanatorium, Louisville, Kentucky, Jefferson County, page 179 starts on chapter 22 and uh it, immediately the writer is starting off talking about Timmy, who is a supposedly a little boy spirit who people bring balls to play with, and I mean like the bouncy you know you know rubber balls that every every kid had when they were little, you know you play with them, you just toss them with a friend, roll them back and forth, and sometimes you will see a ball roll or move in from a place that it wasn't there a while ago. And, uh, usually Timmy is the one to go with on that one. Honestly, they can, she talks a lot about, talks a lot about her experience there. I'm seeing in this book here, it's actually really interesting. I still have to reread this. It's just, The pictures in here also tell a tale. On page 187, she's got a photo here. And you can clearly see there's what looks like to be a person in the photo, but it's not clear. It kind of has this weird shape to it. And underneath, there's a caption. This photographic negative shows a full-bodied apparition on the fourth floor of Waverly Sanatorium. And just... Ah. You'll recall that I mentioned 502 in this. We let this area and continued our investigation by going to the fifth floor. The most famous Waverly tale is about the suicide of a nurse who hanged herself outside of room 502 in the middle 1920s. Our guide told us that sometimes pregnant women on the tour would complain about being nauseated or dizzy when... Stopping in front of room 502. Others have reported hearing voices coming from 502. Get out of here. Has been heard more than once. Some have seen shadows walking around inside the room as they pass by. When they stop and go back for a better look. There is no one there. These are. That's just one of the reports. And yes we. Hear a lot of those. When we're up there at Waverly. It's just. The fact that it's also worldwide, cause I have this book here. This one is The World's Most Haunted Places by Jeff Belanger? Bellinger, I suppose. <laughs> You know what we're just going to say Jeff Bellinger now let's see for Megan whose love is supernatural that's inside the book Oh, very nice all right let's look at its contents here Ooh, some of these definitely definitely heard some of these places you got the valley galley castle hotel The RMS Queen Mary, Rose Hall Great House, Hipping High School, Imperial Casino Hotel, Alaska Hotel Empress Theater, Archer Avenue's Resurrection Mary. For those who don't know, this is actually, Resurrection Mary is actually in Chicago. Uh, Or at least I think, or maybe it's St. Louis. And we're somewhere in. You know what? I'll look it up. It's on page 161. There we go. Southwest of Chicago. It's Resurrection um, Cemetery. Alright, tale goes uh, first encounter of her, uh, there was. This guy at a party, he noticed this girl. She was cold to the touch, so she had corporeal form. But uh, it got pretty late, he offered her a ride home, she accepted. Uh, they were driving down the street and he's driving for a long time, he was worried. A little bit, it's like, where does she? she live? Where is she taking me? She says, stop right up here. He stops at a cemetery, he's like, okay, this is weird. She gets out, and she enters the cemetery, never to come out. She almost vanishes right before his eyes when she gets to the gates. But he knew the address she was going to. So he later commented, he later went to the house um, the next, next day or so. And uh, he asked, you know, who, you know, he was looking for the girl that lived there. It's like she had been dead for some time he was informed that he asked to see a picture of her and there was and when the woman who answered the door came back she said that this was her daughter there was the picture there in the picture was the girl he had picked up and drove to the cemetery this became the first case of Resurrection Mary and let's see here uh Yeah, this is basically telling her, you know, one version of the story goes that Mary was out for an evening of dancing with her boyfriend at the old Henry Ballroom. After an argument with her beau, she stormed out of the dance hall and started hitchhiking down Archer Avenue, trying to get herself home. She was apparently killed when she was struck by a passing motorist and was allegedly buried at Resurrection Cemetery in her favorite white dress and dancing shoes. So this is basically what they look for in those. And it gets, uh, it gets complicated in ghost history, apparently. So, uh, you know, because you're going off hearsay and whatnot to just, you know. The Mercy Brown, Mercy Brown, the Rhode Island Vampire. Ah, oh, that sounds interesting. Billy Bishop Legion Hall. The Pirate's House. Ah, here's one from Japan. The Suicide Forest on page 189. 199. Suicide Forest 191. Yep, it's in the shadow of Mount Fuji. Basically, it's supposed to be really haunted because people... Like it says, Suicide Forest, people keep taking their lives there and that's just... It's horrible. The Tower of London and I'd like to f- bring this up just because at chapter thirty three on page two hundred fifty seven we meet an old friend again. Waverly Hills Sanatorium Worldwide Even the haunt even the White House is supposed to be haunted if you believe it. And the catacombs in uh, France, and part of Vatican City, I believe, is supposed to be. There's just, there's so much out there, and those were just a few places around the world that are haunted, that they get noteworthy in this book, and even I've heard some, I'm not familiar with all of them, I definitely need to reread this and look more (laughs) into, uh, definitely I want to read more on the Suicide Forest and the Pirate's House. But the White House, I've heard reports of Abraham Lincoln haunting the Lincoln Bedroom, uh, but not for sure. I know he's been sighted at the Ford Theater, which, for those who don't know, he was shot at the Ford Theater, and, uh, he died across the street, and I've actually got to see they actually have his clothes on display uh, from the night he was shot in. And it's like his blood is probably still on his clothes. It's like no wonder he's still haunting the place. He's probably attached to it. Who knows? But anyway, I'd like to thank you all for this amazing podcast. I got to talk about so much and i hope you enjoyed those stories don't forget the answers are coming up next and stay tuned because i will be revealing what my next podcast will be about and now we come to what you've been waiting for Announcement for the next episode and whether you won the game of Beyond Belief. Now, as you recall earlier in this and scattered throughout this podcast, there have been five stories that I have told you. Let's go through each one. Now did you think the girl, the story of the girl next door was false? You'd be right. Never happened. What about the story of the mirror? True or false? Too crazy to be real, right? Wrong. This one actually happened. This one's true, according to Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction it, itself. What about the story of the mummy? This one seems way too far-fetched, right? Well, as the saying goes, truth is stranger than fiction. This one's true, boys and girls. And what about the Night of sitting? Oh, you think this one is absolutely true? Wrong. This one's an urban legend. Totally false. Not one document to prove it. What about the story of the train? About the actor and the college student. You think I'm just blowing smoke up your butts? Uh Uh-uh. This one is a legitimate fact. You can look it up right now. So, how'd you do? Did you get them all right? Or did you get them all wrong? you get about half? Did you get the majority? Either way, I'm hoping you had a little bit of fun. And on to the next episode. I've had to think long and hard what episode I'll do after this one. And honestly, while I may do some mini in in between, the next episode is going to be a subject near and dear to my heart. I'm not just gonna be talking about one. I'm gonna be talking about several in this. I'm going to be talking about Kaiju. For those who don't know, these are the strange beings or giant monsters that destroy everything in their path. Like Godzilla, king of the monsters. Or Gamera, guardian of the universe. Or how about Ghidorah, the king of terror. How about another king? Almost a god of an island paradise. Kong! Yeah, there, there. I'll be talking about these mighty creatures in my next podcast. So be sure to look for it coming up whenever I decide to post. Have a great time and thank you for joining me on Fandom 101.